Welcome to Changemaker Rehab. Changing the world is exhilarating and overwhelming. Join me, Heather McDougall, as I host bold leaders, entrepreneurs, artists, and changemakers on the front lines of the world's most pressing challenges. Discover what it means to be empowered by your mission rather than consumed by the magnitude of the problem you're trying to solve. Together, step-by-step, we stand on the legacy of others and create the world we dream about. Welcome, everybody, to Changemaker Rehab. I am Heather McDougall, your host, and I am here today, and I'm so excited. Nandagi Isa, welcome, and I'm so, 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 so happy that you are here with us. Yeah, thanks for um, inviting me. This is this is cool. It's crazy how an email introduction leads to things, so this is awesome. And uh, for everyone who's listening, we were introduced by, well, one of Bogo Brush's past suppliers who we, you know, still had a great relationship with, but Nandagi and her company are also a personal care <laughs> product, just like Bogo Rush. Well, not just like, but we're personal care products, which I'll let you explain in just a moment. But that's how we like our paths, our paths crossed. And I think I will just start by saying, well, first of all, two, two parter, however it comes out for you is great. Yeah. What are you working on right now? Like what's Lord Tush? And then what is sort of your big mission and your big dream through your project, your company and your impact? Uh, so uh, Lord Tush is a flagship product of the Lord company, which is what we're calling ourselves now. It's, um, it's a sustainable hundred percent bamboo toilet paper. You know, our goal with the Lord Company is to welcome more black and brown communities into a healthy, sustainable lifestyle through Households Essentials, um, which is what we're doing. And I don't know, we're just, the goal is to just, you know, get everybody involved because like, you know, we all should try to make Captain Planet proud uh, mm. <laughs> as one of my role models. <laughs> and uh, yeah, that's what we do. <laughs> oh my gosh. And I'll say Lortosh toilet paper is so awesome. It's kind of one of those things that like people have talked to me too about toothbrushes. Like you don't really think about your toothbrush until you have something that you're like, oh my gosh, this is amazing. Anyway, Lortosh toilet paper is so cool. And I mean, a little, I remember it's it's um, because of like, it doesn't have any part of particulate dust. Isn't mm-hmm. that correct? I yeah, don't know, maybe just say like a little bit about that. Yes, um, it's hyperallergenic. It's made from a more sustainable product, which is bamboo. Um, I have tons of allergies. So using this isn't, um, using our product is super cool. <laughs> I get it for free mm-hmm. and it's um, hyperallergenic. <laughs> and <laughs> and um, you're just trying to find alternatives to what we use to make the planet better. You know, yeah. whatever can. And um, I like to think our, our toilet paper is a little different. We have like your choose your own adventure kind of thing. One side is super smooth and the other one has butt pimples, what's my friends called. <laughs> <laughs> That's so funny because it kind of is like that. Although, I, yeah. Okay, cool. Yeah. <laughs> Sometimes you need a little more scrubbing. I don't know. Yeah, I mean, it it works. (laughs) It's so cool. And that's like a thing where I didn't even think about toilet paper like that because I really don't have too many like allergies or it's not really something that I think about. So like, oh, sure enough, of course, like toilet paper would be a thing. Also love, you know, so I'm everybody who's like listens and who knows me, of course, I'm so big on sustainability. And for me, that is so similar to what you're working on it. Now you're the lore company. There's social 
impact, like you're improving humans, you have like a mission there, you also are connecting to the planet. And then of course, through business and these, the intersection of those three is probably I'll say the most simple way that we think about sustainability and how to create long lasting change. But I think it's so, so powerful in your mission, whether I mean, either the environmental, but also like your social and your community side, what do you see is one of the one or some, I guess, of the barriers or sort of the challenges that you see in terms of accomplishing your mission or having your product adopted or just what is that barrier that you feel like you are overcoming? Um, I think the barrier of overcoming is the idea that Black people aren't into sustainability or that it's not something that we consider or think about. I mean, soul food is basically sustainability, right? They were using all parts of, mm. of um, you know, all parts of seafood, all parts of animals, instead of like, you know, going into waste, we, we make our own bone broth, right? That's sustainable. It's like, it's like the things that we actually are currently doing in our everyday lives is considered sustainable, but the people who create other brands, the people who run the marketing, the agencies, they, they decide to use us in the marketing, but they don't market to us. And I think that's mm. that I want to, you know, fight. I have a background in like the music industry, right? So I do marketing and like, you know, I see these stuff firsthand and at first it was funny, but now it's like, no, we got, <laughs> we got to take a five and really like look at what we're doing and how we're talking. And I think that's a big part of what the Lore company does, right? We, we make sure our language fits the community we're trying to talk to that's why our tagline for lord tush is wipe on player like like <laughs> it, you know it's <laughs> that's apparent it's acceptable now but it wasn't acceptable in the beginning like everybody wanted us to change everything that we were doing they was mm. like oh you can't have a product that says wipe on player in grocery stores you can't do this you can't do that and of course we don't work with those kind of people anymore but it just lets us like it just lets us know they don't see what we're trying to do and what we're trying to do is talk to people who are being left behind and, you know, forgotten. Um, yes. That's the biggest hurdle, you know, trying to raise enough money so we can, you know, reach these people. Like we can keep creating products, but yeah. <laughs> so I have like seven questions that just like flowed through my head. So let's see, I'm thinking about what you said and thinking of funding, right? Because right. You are in, in to scale of, right. You're in a scalable kind of, I mean, do you consider yours, uh, the lore company or at least lore tush brand? Is that like a commodity based kind of model? Like you need to sell a whole bunch of them in order to be profitable. Or are you like taking a slightly different play? It's a little bit of both. I think a lot of decisions we made up until this point, didn't we, we, we didn't really care about profitability. We're, we're caring about reaching people. So like when mm -hmm. we first got started, um, it was around the pandemic, right? So instead of selling it, once we got our first shipment, we just decided to give it all away, right? That's right. So, yes. Yeah. So, and you know, that was just to our community. Like we literally got in our cars and we drove around Baltimore city in our little electric Fayot. <laughs> and it was like, so like, you know, we're trying to find a balance now right? Between being profitable and still trying to reach and do the creative things that we do. So like, instead of our marketing budget, I'm like, yo, 
Let's use that to donate products. Let's do that. Let's use that to just, you know, take a trip and go see people that we don't get to see every day. Um, we're trying to be a little bit craftier with it, but we definitely want to scale and we definitely want to be profitable because the more profitable we are, the more we can reach people, the more we can help people, et cetera. Totally, totally. You know, I've been over the last, well, multiple of years, like I'm very, I very much believe business can be used as such a tool for good and a powerful vehicle for change. And even with that belief, you know, I started Bogo Brush like 10 years ago and I was in venture, I was working for a venture capitalist before that. So I'm like kind of been in the world of money, but even so in the last mm, handful of years, I realized I had a lot of like really for myself personally, like outdated money stories and still associating like, oh, money means you're greedy or money is evil. So here I am even trying to like grow a company. But the thing of it is like, yeah, I wanted the company to be able to channel money, but I had like all these just like personal stories of like, yeah, just how to reconcile, how do we use money for good? And so I've dedicated a lot of time and energy to that. And it's coming up for me because you mentioned that like the more profitable you are, then the more good you can do, the more you can reach people. And this is something that I just think is so beautiful about call it social entrepreneurship. Do you have, and this kind of ties to like what I was thinking about with funding and your values and social entrepreneurship. Do you, I know when we first met, well, I'll just, I'll just ask the question. <laughs> What, uh, yeah, how are you finding like fundraising? Have you had to go out and raise any separate funds? And how are you doing that with such strong values-based approaches? Um, so right now we're still bootstrapping. So I'm still selling whatever left I have on my crypto. Mm. <laughs> I'm still. <laughs> oh yeah. <laughs> I re I replenished my savings. Now it's now it's diminishing. Um, but you know we're still doing what we got to do to keep the um, business afloat until we go out there and raise. We're lucky. We just got into or just finished a cohort called Conscious Venture Lab, and I want to cool. introduce you to them because I think you'll make an excellent mentor for them. Mm. Um, yeah, because I had a mentor named Teresa and she was super cool. She was in the um, like the construction space of it all, but still had that social impact to it. And, you know, she was even given an award by Obama, so which was really cool. But um, with this cohort or Conscious Venture Lab, it wants you to realize that, you know, you can be a people driven company. You can do things to benefit those around you and not just be, you know, profit over people, you can balance between the two. And um, yeah, we just finished a cohort and, you know, they're going to invest uh, a, a little bit into us. And then we're going to try to figure out our seed round and go forward with that, which I have no idea what I'm doing, but I got a really cool book that's... Um... <laughs> called Venture Deals that I've been reading. Shout out to my friend, Larry, who put me onto it. Yeah, like the space is definitely new to me. Um, I will be texting you in the middle of the night for advice, but like I'm trying to, um, that's where we are right now. Just trying to figure out our seat raise and who to talk to because you, we, I don't want to just take anybody's money, right? Mm -hmm. We want them to at least understand what we're doing. They don't have to agree with everything we're doing. It just have to understand and then, you know, help us you know, continue to grow. With Bogo Brush, I know we, you know, had taken money from a variety of different kinds of people. We very consciously did not take money from people once we discovered things like, you know, they wanted to 
take away the, you know, recyclability factor of things, or they wanted to change the way we were manufacturing because it would, you know, make more money. And it's like, no, we don't want that. And of course you can't control everything all the way through eventually, you know, maybe someone also be making decisions. But I think with what you were describing about some of your retail partners or just people out there saying like, oh, you can't have wipe on playa on your boxes sitting in a grocery store. It's like, I think that's something that, you know, as a values, really values driven brand, like that can be really challenging. And when you're going out for money, and I think I can't really totally relate in the way of, especially being in for you, like what you're saying, like trying to reach out to communities who haven't really been marketed to authentically in the past. I feel like that's just, there's so much that I'm really excited to watch and see. And I mean, support how I can, obviously, I I don't know what that exactly is, but kind of even to that point, what are some things that you notice of yourself? Like as you're going through these early stages, what are some things that you notice uh, that are just even challenges for you personally, like hurdles of overcoming, if it's the things that other people say, or I don't know what it is, but just curious how you're finding your way through. Um, I think the biggest hurdle, the biggest lesson that I've learned so far is to literally just be myself. Um, before mm-hmm. I used to code switch a lot. I used to, um, code switching is, uh, for black people is like, or using a white voice or whatever, but I learned like, I don't, I don't have to do that. I can just show up as I am. And, you know, what am I 36 now? So like, that was, I just learned that like last year, like it's a hard mm-hmm. thing to, to unlearn, especially when you've been growing up and everybody's telling you, you have to be a certain way, you have to act a certain way. Um, but ever since I started being myself, I think more opportunities have been opening up. I've been meeting more people. I've been learning more. It's just, it's, it was just, it's just a hard, I'm still trying, I'm still trying to get comfortable in my own skin, but it, I think that's the biggest thing that, you know, the biggest hurdle is just, you know, being myself and trusting my instincts and learning that someone saying no, isn't like an offense. It's just, you know, it's just, Hey, it's just not working out. It just won't work out. And and no's aren't bad, you know, cause he knows it's somebody else's time, you know? So it's just learning that, um, to be myself and, and just to accept myself for the way that I am. We all need that reminder. It's like, Mm -hmm. I talk so much about, we're all here. I believe so much, even just huge, like existentially, like spiritually, like we're all here with our unique genius. And if we aren't just purely authentically, truly ourselves, then that like, you know, whatever you want to say, God, universe given genius doesn't come out. And of course, we're going to like make, I guess you could call them right mistakes and things Mm -hmm. that we learn from and we want to like adjust and evolve and grow ourselves. But I am so it's like, as you're talking about like, not how do you call it code? Code switching. Code switching. I was going to call it code breaking. I'm like, that's not the thing. (laughs) Although there may be work, maybe there's code breakers. Like, I don't know. But code switching is as you really, especially for anyone who's listening, but as you, like, how did that evolution for you come about? Like from that initial sense of like, you know what, I really want to not have to like switch back and forth between these ways of being and communicating. Like how did that start to bubble up for you? And then when you really started to step forward and just really embracing your voice and who you are, like, tell me a little bit about what that was like. 
what that is like? I think there was like a breaking point a couple of years ago for me. I think I was in a, a job I hated and it just didn't make sense. I think I'm very spiritual. Um, Jesus is my homeboy. It's like, mm. <laughs> I was just, I don't know. It got to the point where it felt like this wasn't what I was supposed to be doing. And like, I try to ignore it. I try to fit in. I try to do what I'm supposed to do. And it just didn't work. It didn't feel good. So it was like, I had a blow up moment. I think I left my job and never went back. I think I left <laughs> for lunch. I don't remember. <laughs> You're like, this is it. I'm done. I literally can't. <laughs> yeah. And um, I was only there for like, it was a new job and it just, it was there for like 30 days or something. I don't know. It was just, it wasn't, I just knew this wasn't what I was supposed to be doing. And um, man, I don't know. Yeah. I just, I, from there, something just switched and, and I just kept, and I realized, all right, so that was the worst. So it can't really get any worse if I just mm -hmm. be myself. And um, yeah, I just started, you know, being myself and, you know, I wanted to work in the music industry. So I put myself in a position where I could. And, you know, I did a lot of things for free as you should, you know, especially if you don't know what you're doing, but I believe all interns should be paid. I just want to put that out there. <laughs> <laughs> and again, it just led to like different, you know, it just led to things, led to where I am right now. And I kind of mm -hmm. still have that little, you know, beat in my head that, that lets me know if it doesn't feel right, I shouldn't be doing it. So I listened to that voice. I guess I can call it yeah, the voice in my head. I don't know. Over time, it just became more clear and clear. Um, and it helps me make decisions. Mm -hmm. I mean, I relate to that in, you know, my own way as well. But it's like, there's that inner voice or whatever, however it is, I think, you know, we each kind of have our own way of feeling it. Like some people really hear things really clearly. Some people really like see something clearly. I'm very much of a, like a physical feeling. Like I get a sense, mm -hmm. like a body scent, but however it is, we're like not in, I'll call it like alignment. We're not in this like center of resonance with who we really are. And it is a practice. I love what you were saying. Now you kind of know what that voice is, what that sensation is. You, you recognize it. So you're able to make those decisions more efficiently and more quickly and get yourself in and out of, of ways of being that don't feel right for you. And I think that's just one of the most powerful things as a founder and as a human is learning to listen to that guiding post. Like I'm with you. I totally believe it's like a spiritual God given antenna yep. <laughs> that we have. And it takes practice and time and humility, but through that humility comes such empowerment because you know, you're part of something so much bigger. Yeah. Like I, I joke around a lot, but I, 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 I do know that I'm here for a reason. I quite don't know what it is yet, but you know, I feel like, I feel like a prophet sometimes. And I don't know how that's going to be received, but that's just how I feel. I feel like I'm here for a bigger reason, probably even bigger than what I'm currently doing. It's just, yeah, I feel it. <laughs> even with that. And I, so I'm like, yeah, let's do it. Let's what can we, what can we help you prophesize right now? You know? And even if it's, it's like, I get what you even mean through like toilet paper. Cause for me, even with toothbrushes, it's like, okay, that's just like this. I always called it like a baton or this thing that allowed me to help connect with people. I wanted the product itself to be awesome and good and doing all these kinds of good things. And, you know, I've learned so much about startup and business and supply chain. And I've learned so many things, but it's that that wasn't the end 
purpose. That wasn't the why, right? The why is because I didn't know, but this just felt like the next step. And now I've been able to meet you. And so I like relate in the sense of you're saying like there's something else, but right now this is just the next step that you're being called on. What do you feel? I mean, it's probably what you're talking about, like speaking to black and brown people. And how do you feel like you are being a prophet now? Or what's like something on your heart that you really are craving to like put out there? I don't know. I, I think so. My life goal is to come up with a, an original idea, right? And it could be original in the sense of the first thing of its kind or taking an idea and showing it in a different light for the first time. So like every day I'm working towards being a better person than I was the day before. Mm. And I think I'm a beacon in the sense of showing, you know, people there's not just one way of being. You can you can be yourself, you can be a troll, you can be who you are, you can be good, and you can still make money, you can still pre-order a Porsche Taycan. <laughs> you can still do, you can still do all those great things and 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 still look out for the people around you. And I think that's yeah, because like growing up. If it wasn't for people looking out for us, you know, I don't even think I'll be, you know, sitting here talking to you today, right? But people, mm -hmm. for something, some reason in their heart, they decided to look out, right? For some reason in your heart, you decided to respond to um, the old manufacturer's email, you know, you decided <laughs> to hop on a Zoom call with us, you know, it's, it's, I don't know, it's just, I, I, I think we're just here to show people like there's, there's more than one way of being a person and um yeah, I don't know. I, I, I don't know. I'm still trying to figure it out, but that that's that's how I feel right now. Do you have uh even as you're speaking there, I'm like, I think you speak to everyone. And I'm like, as you're talking, are there like specific, maybe not like Joe Smith, but like not specific in that way, but are do you kind of imagine certain like community? or group of people who you are talking to. And that might be geographic, that might be all over, it might be, I don't even know what, but I just feel like I'm just curious about that. And especially as for like people who are listening, you know, what, who do you feel like you visualize when you're speaking? Maybe you don't even know, and that's okay too. I'd like to think it's um, the rest of the kids in Baltimore City. Um, and I, I still call myself a kid. I mean, if you're older than me by a, a month, then you're an adult. But if you're my age, you're <laughs> Sweet. I love that. You're going to be like 75 and a kid. I'll cheer you on for that. That's awesome. <laughs> well, yeah, I, I think, um, I think I, I love my city and I think a lot of times we're only shown there's one way and me and a bunch of other people I can name, like uh, one of my good friends, Jason Bass, like we're trying to show that you can, you can show up as you are. And I think that's what the kids need to know. Cause like he, he decided he was never going back to corporate, um, corporate work. Right. So he got tattoos on his arm, like his hands. It's like mm. that's not acceptable. Right. But it's like, it's a reminder for him that he has to keep forging his own path, not only for him, but for his son and for the, you know, the other people who look up to him in the city. And I think, you know, right now that's one of my big goals is to, to just show the city, the kids of the city, that there's a, a another way of doing things and, and you can still wear your wrapper change. You can still do what you want to do but like you can you can you know just you can like you can own a freaking toilet paper company if you want to <laughs> right you can sell toothbrushes if you wanted to yeah 
like I'm, we, but we have a, <laughs> we have a, a <laughs> our coffee that we're about to release called Before Touch Without an E, just because you know we're not like. <laughs> yes. Like, oh my god. <laughs> and we oh have this god. whole whole thing. Like we have claw machines full of toilet paper. Why? Why not? Like we're creating house shoes made out of algae. Why not? Like it's that like we can do anything that we want to do. Like that's what that's what I want to show that like, we can do anything like yes and you can like you can do anything and I mean I'm gonna say this and I could caveat it like a million ways but like you can really be anyone from anywhere and do anything granted there's and I'll boom pop on all of the like of course there's tons of things like systemic problems and things like global not not everybody is starting at the same at the same footing so I don't want to sound like I'm oversimplifying that I just mean we're humans and we're capable of so many amazing things. And especially when like what you're doing, it's like when anyone represents kind of this idea, right? That like representation matters, because if you don't see that something's possible, you don't really know that something's possible. And that kind of seems strange. And I've had people I've been I've talked about that topic with all kinds of different people, you know, people were like, you know, I, I lived in Detroit for a few years. So there was a lot of conversation around race relations and, you know, injustice and, and things that happen all over the world. But obviously it's like a big conversation point there. And, you know, some people who aren't familiar with it as much, you know, they're like, well, they must've seen like a picture of someone in a book somewhere doing something. I'm like, well, okay. I mean, I don't know. It's not my life. Like I can't speak for this but my it's like it's not the same it's not the same until you like actually like see someone doing something it reminds me of and maybe we talked about this the first time we we chatted of the 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 woman who founded teach for america she spoke at like my husband was working at a company and she spoke there i think now it's like teach for the world or something but she was saying how in some parts of the world kids literally don't realize that they could become a business owner or like, or a doctor or a, you name it, like the most like successful thing for them to do is like drive a taxi and like buy a car, which that's what lights your soul on fire. Then hell yeah, go do that. Like go, go, go. But it's like, until you realize that there's something that could be available to you, your brain just doesn't even fully accept that it is available to you. And I think it's when I'm hearing you speak, like this is what's, I'm like just seeing the power in just you being you. Ah, thank you. Yeah. Visibility is important. Um, that's enough. That's what we're trying to do with the Lord company, right? We're trying to show there's, there's all like, we're all, we're into all kinds of things, right? We're into anime, we're into everything. Like, why not? Right. <laughs> we gotta, I don't know. We gotta show us in different lights, right? We can't keep showing the same old sad story. We gotta show black people frolicking in the wilderness. We gotta, we gotta do that, you know? <laughs> yes. I mean, I love to frolic in the wilderness. Like Thank if you ever frolicking, call me, like I'll go frolic. Cause I'm down. You, we can frolic together. <laughs> Oh my God, <laughs> this is amazing. We should do that. And we should get like 10,000 people to frolic at the same time. And we Why can not? like Zoom frolic. Why not? Let's do it. Why not? Oh, right? We can do anything. <laughs> and we can have our lore tush because, you know, sometimes you're out in the wilderness yeah. and you're like, I need something here. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, no leaves. <laughs> 
Oh, you gotta be careful. Oh gosh, that's funny. We could go down a funny path with that. But I mean, I'm just such a huge fan of like what you're doing. And I'm so grateful that you are here and having this conversation. I mean, as everyone knows, right, Changemaker Rehab is all about how can we kind of like dig at some of these challenges that maybe we don't all face, but whether our community is facing them or our, our personal selves are facing them. What's something today, I know you talked about, you know, not code switching anymore. What's something that you find, uh, something that you find also that you're really presently realizing or evolving through? It could be a challenge with your business, could be a challenge personally. I'm just curious, like, where do you find your evolution happening today? Uh, definitely with my health. I have a mixed, <laughs> I have a mixed safe dropping. That's what I call my baby. Uh, me and my wife, we have a baby coming soon. And like, <gasps> I call it my mixed safe dropping. Uh, so I'm trying to like, <laughs> you know, really get my health together and, you know, be the, the best version I can be. So mm. I'm around to show her, it's, it's a girl, her name is Lumi, um, show mm. her how to like navigate this world and be herself and be a beacon of light and hope and all that good stuff. So. Oh my gosh. <laughs> I, I don't have children, so I don't know, but one of like a founder mentor of mine, her name is Amy Peterson. She founded a company in uh, Detroit, which Oh, Rebel Nell Jewelry. She like empowers women and teaches or like they, not just her, but their her company like teaches women how to make jewelry out of like graffiti. And they are just doing awesome, awesome things. Anyway, Amy, she had a baby a few years ago now, but I remember right after her son was born, she was saying that, you know, for her having a child, she was worried. I don't know if you feel this, but it's like, gosh, how is that going to change things? Like, am I going to be able to keep creating change in the world or am I going to have time or, you know, just all these thoughts that at least go through my head of if, and when I'm at that stage. But she was saying that actually having a child for her, of course, is very challenging, but also it almost motivates her more. And a lot of what you were saying reminds me so much of like hearing Amy's words in that of like showing that you can be a really awesome human and doing awesome things and like how to be such a good a good example I can see that you're really excited for that I'm so I'm happy excited. for you <laughs> I got a um what is it like a is it a carrier that I'm just gonna wear all the time when I'm working so she can learn as I learn <laughs> oh my gosh she's gonna be like <laughs> she's gonna like empire builder from day zero I love it <laughs> there's a um there's a book called um uh what is it called baby ceos <laughs> how does it like what is it does it help you know how to like i don't even carry a baby around or i don't know it's supposed to teach the babies about business i don't know <laughs> <laughs> is, it a, like, <laughs> is it a children's book is it children's how does book? It, okay sweet <laughs> spoke to you though oh man congratulations on that oh man I'm excited to like observe and witness through you as well on I just see so many wonderful amazing humans and women just doing remarkable things and like redefining the way that life and work and family all happen together and I think you're in such a, like a heart-centered 
place that the results are going to be. I mean, I'm sure they'll be challenging, but they'll be really beautiful. I appreciate that. (laughs) Uh, Let's see. We have just a couple minutes, couple minutes left. Maybe we'll go this way of, do you have any words or perspective? Would you really want like this audience or, you know, any audience to really hear, you know, from you, whether it's from being a founder or just from life? Like what's that, what's like some like really golden nugget or two that you would want to pass on? Um, let me find my phone. There's this Walt Disney quote um, that I love. Uh, uh, he's my guy too. Mm. My uh, adults are only kids grown up. <laughs> That's my favorite <sighs> Walt Disney quote. And I think um, it's okay to laugh. It's okay to have fun. It's okay to be quote unquote childish. It's, it's, it's okay. Mm. (laughs) Well, I mean, I see that in your brand and just even on your face and in conversations with you of like, go play, right? Like have fun and create. And I know that advice comes through in different forms, but it's so true. Like I am very much... I don't know what's the right word. I'm at fault for this. I don't know if I don't really want to call myself at fault, but I can't find the right word. So I do this a lot where I'm like, take things really seriously. Like I'm very fun and lighthearted, but also I'm like, but I want it to be like, just so right. And I really want it to be good. And like, I think sometimes I know I can take the joy out of things because I'm like so much wanting to create like such big impact. And I remember my mom one time even said to me like, Heather, I'm just worried that you're going to like miss out on having fun because you're so concerned about like creating your mission or your impact. And like that sticks with me so, so much. And that childlike quality of like, just go play because people like receive you as you are. And if you're like out there playing and like making coffee and toilet paper and like putting it together, it's like, heck yeah. That's just like magic in the making. Yeah. Like when people, I love that. People try to say sometimes, you know, people think I'm not serious about things and it's just like, I, I just choose to be happy. Like mm-hmm. I I'm stressed. There's a lot of, I, I'm stressed out about, especially with, you know, supply chain issues, but like, mm-hmm. it's not like about it right I'm not gonna go to sleep and wait for things to get better I'm just gonna like I I choose to be happy and like with Disney like he created this empire off of these quotes these are his words and he created Disney and you telling me would you tell him to you know take things a little bit more seriously it's like I don't know I don't know I think Mm. it's okay for us to to choose happiness even when things aren't going our way and that's what I try to do just so curious on this, right? We hear a lot about toxic positivity in like, to me, I interpret that. Well, maybe I'll like put it back for you first. It's just saying like, what, how do you identify with choosing to be happy, you know, but then also this like sort of cultural flat, like lashback or whatever against like toxic positivity. I don't know. I, I, I try to, I try to, I try to ignore things that will hurt me (laughs) Mm -hmm. (laughs) because it's it's bad enough. Everything we have to deal with. I I don't, I don't need more hate on top of that. Um, Mm. Yeah. I don't know. I, I, I I keep my head down and I try to run my own race. Uh, I, I, I don't know if that's helpful or if that answers the question, but I mean, yeah, there's no like real answer. I just know other times in my life I've been told like, oh, you know, Heather, you're like so positive. 
you know, it's like, uh, is that a bad thing? Like to be positive and optimistic. And I think on some ways, like I've also heard of like toxic positivity in the sense of like where, you know, a lot of times people will just like sugarcoat everything and not actually like address something, right? Like for instance, challenges that we face of like, whatever it is, like, I'll just, because you were mentioning like one of the things you're working on now is like your health and like being there for daughter and everything. It's like, I think toxic positivity is like an ignoring side of things like saying like, Oh, everything's fine. And I don't need to like work on anything. And I think that's like this challenge that people are talking about. Right. So if you just like think, think positively, like it's fine, I'm healthy. And I mean, I'm not making a statement on that. I'm just using it as an example, (laughs) but like we, you know, is it like, is there sugarcoating that ignores things versus like choosing to be happy? And I'm like very much on board with, I, I agree, like our mindset and our choices are so, so, so important. I'm just curious because I know at least with people who've talked to me, like this idea of wrestling with how do you know if you're ignoring something versus choosing consciously to be happy? Do you, do you ever like come across anything like that? I, I, I guess so. I think with me, like when I, when I say I'm choosing to be happy, it's like, I, there's nothing I can do. I've done all I can with the mm. situation, right? Like I can't, I can't get on a, a plane. I can't, can't go to China. I can't get my product. You know, I can't do anything about it. I have to wait. So I'm not mm. going to be depressed while I'm waiting. I'm going to try to work on other things. I'm going to, you know, pivot to, you know, designing something or, or figuring out what other fun thing I can create. And, um, that's what I mean by choosing happy. I choose to to focus on the positives that I can control instead of the negatives I can't for the time. Oh, being. yes. Choosing to, <laughs> choosing to be happy about like and positive about the things you control instead of choosing to be negative about the things you can't. I mean, I love that so much. And I just, I mean, I know we're like, <laughs> I was like, Hey, we're almost done. But I just think that's so powerful. Cause there's a lot of people, at least that I've come across like, Oh, you know, we have to find flow and how to go with it. And I, I think it's true, but what you're saying is like, okay, you still have to create, you still have to do action. You're still out there. It's just when you have something you can't control, like choose the positivity, choose to use your energy towards something that's good. And I mean, I'm a very firm believer in that as well, because the energy we create is the energy that comes back to us. It doesn't mean everything's going to be perfect, but there's a hundred different ways we can like describe that, like life being a mirror for how we, how we perceive it. But when we choose positivity or then like you, you're also like feeling excited to work on something rather than just feeding the negativity, which I mean, I don't know about you, but I've certainly been in times of my life where I've just fed the negativity and it's led to like really deep, horrible depression. So I think that, I don't know now as even I'm saying that it's tying a bow from what you were saying about trusting the voice in your head on how to listen, but as well as like choosing happy. I think those two are like so powerful and you're just dynamite you're just doing all sorts of good (laughs) i appreciate that some days it does not feel like it but (laughs) it's so true and that's like and i think that's such a i don't it's not like a downer thing but everyone who's listening like seriously whatever mission you are on right now there are days that feel like you are not succeeding there's days that feel hard there's days you wonder about your purpose i mean it's it's like natural because 
both of us here, like everyone, we're on the edge. Whenever you're trying to create something, you're trying to change a system, you're trying to like market and speak to a new community or not a new community, but a community that hasn't been spoken to in authentic ways. It's like you're pushing edges and these edges, that means there's natural resistance. And whenever there's resistance, there's going to be like this struggle and it's going to feel hard sometimes. So just know, like, again, listeners, you're not alone. (laughs) And even, you know, folks that like you, right, who you're choosing happy and you're doing so great at it, these emotions, the whole of it all is still very real. So it's just part of the part of the initiation as being a human, I guess. Where can people find you, your brand, or how do you, you know, what what kinds of, of like breadcrumbs do you want to leave for folks to fo- follow what you've got going on? Uh, yeah, uh, definitely. I, I say we're about to drop something. So I say uh, follow us on Instagram at Lord Tush. We got some fun things about to happen. I'm just excited for that. Yeah. <laughs> awesome. Yeah. Okay, everybody follow Lord Tush IG. And for everyone listening, if you have any questions for uh, about this episode at all, like please send me an email. Hello at this is Heather.me. And like we'll do follow up and make sure that we connect y'all um, so that Lord Tush and all these beautiful things can come come to life. Thank you so, so, so much Thank for you. being here. Cool.